There are many skills that I bring to the table as a result of being a pastor. I trust you guys. Like Active listening is huge, especially in a game where you can't trust anyone. I want people to feel like they can trust me. You rest because you've been doing so much. Being able to create bonds with people and establish a strong relationship, that's the disguise, right? So they won't see me cut their throat in the end. That's a lot of work, <laughs> but I'm down. Yeah. I'm gonna ride with you to the end. All right. I have your back 100. Right. I want you to know I have your back. Okay, I am working everyone at this moment. And I have a soundtrack that I hum in my head when I'm up to evil. Like, literally, I have a soundtrack that I hum. <laughs> Just know that, like, if someone says your name to me, like, I'm coming to you. Yeah. And I just trust that you do the same for me. Absolutely. And, like, just have each other's back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to be locked in with you guys. Yeah. We got three. Yeah. Welcome back once again to the Bitter Jurist Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Derek Reining. And we are a queer Survivor Superfan podcast. We are. Yes, I'm getting confirmation from my co-host that I'm <laughs> correct on all fronts. Um, yes, I am joined, as always, by my friend who is never Shady Boots lying. It's Sam Stanish. All I want is to work with dudes who I vibe with. <laughs> who said that? <laughs> uh, I think Xander said it when he met the guys on Exiled Prisoners Beach. <laughs> well, speaking of dudes who we vibe with, we are joined by the one and only, the most recent gay winner of this very show we're talking about. It's Todd Herzog of Survivor China fame. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Todd. Yeah. Yes, I'm actually really excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, How so, are you doing, Todd? Uh, yeah. I am really good, honestly. I mean, um, it's that time of year where holiday season is kicking in, and I come from a Mormon family, and my husband comes from a Mormon family, so there is tons of family things going on, so life is always crazy, but uh, it's I am excellent. It's probably my favorite time of year, too, because it's nice outside instead of being 2,000 degrees or freezing. Mm, yeah. It just does. It declined like ten or fifteen degrees overnight here, and it's in that perfect like sixty-five, seventy. I'm thrilled about it. Same, yeah, yeah. Living it up here on Lake Michigan in Chicago, feeling that lake effect. I didn't realize that's where you were. Chicago gets really cold. <laughs> oh yeah, um, <laughs> that's like one of the first things I tell people when I move here. I'm like, oh, I hate cold. This is gonna be horrible. <laughs> um, but you know, just like these forty-oneers, I'm ready to dig deep. I'm ready to come on in. I'm ready to do it all. <laughs> well, good. Good, yes. good. Todd, before we go through the episode specifically, do you have any like major impressions of the season or uh, anything big picture that you've been thinking about? Oh, my goodness. So, okay, let's see. You know, obviously, like any diehard Survivor fan out there, I'm stoked that it's back. I am really, really excited. I remember when I first heard that it was just going to be called Survivor 41. I was not very happy about that. But at the same time, um, I also don't necessarily love the stupid, cheesy titles. But I feel like if I was on the show, I would want to not just be like, oh, yeah, I'm Survivor 41. Because it almost seems like just another check off the list. Anyway, 
aside from that, um, the 26 days. I also didn't know how I would feel about that. And I still don't know exactly how I feel about it because 26 days seems like a cakewalk, but I do appreciate <laughs> that they have already made it much harder for them so that the 26 days will at least be brutal. Yeah, but they don't the have any food. Yeah, I mean, neither did, you know, I mean, come on. Our rice <laughs> went rotten on day three. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I so, but you think it would be a cakewalk because you would just, like, be able to, like, handle these bozos for 26 days a little more easily than the 39 or just, like, survival-wise? <laughs> so the last nine days were actually the most difficult days of life. Like, they were miserable and horrible, and they just would not end. And so... Um, you know, day 26, I was still just getting warmed up. Mm. I feel like day 30 to 39, it was, it was hard. It was really, really hard mentally and, you know, emotionally. So not necessarily like the physical aspect, but on your brain, you know, that's, that's almost two weeks less. Mm. Yeah. I, there's also that thing where it's like you can your body can survive for three days without water, but it can go for like three weeks without food. And 26 days is pretty much exactly. Just, I mean, it's a little bit more than three weeks, but like it seems like people could be fine a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. You know, like whoop de do. <laughs> <laughs> but but the first episode, I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. I know that a lot of people are like weird about the changes. And I do agree that it is weird, but if you, you know, step back and look at it, just like any band or TV show or movies, like, uh, you know, saga out there, it does have to adapt and change with the times um, in order to keep people um, interested, not necessarily like keep the fans, but to also try to get new fans. So... I do understand why there's changes and what needs to happen because you can't just have the same thing over and over and over again or else it wouldn't have been around for 40 seasons. Yeah, I'm beyond thrilled that it's back. Like, I didn't know what to expect going into this. Uh, but like you, you, like, as soon as the premiere started, like, I just fell in love again. I'm, I, like, couldn't yes. believe I was watching it again. Uh, and, like, the episode was so good. Like, I don't know if I just have, like, rose-colored glasses from, like, not having any Survivor for the past two years. But, like, well, I, I just, like, it was one of my favorite premieres I've ever seen. No, I, I'm right there with you. Honestly, it was it was so good. I I absolutely loved that they were giving um, the contestants their backstories, so we felt like we were getting to know these people. I love that they were showing the crew because that's one of the most common questions I get is how many cameramen were there, you know? And to be able to see that firsthand, it's like no, that's what you live with. However, you get so used to it. That by day like six, you don't even realize that mass production is there. Yeah, it feels like it's definitely part of this whole um, like push to it almost like demystify Survivor and turn it more into like something that anyone at home could see themselves doing. I think before it was yeah. like this huge adventure and now it's more the billing is more like it's a game that you can play. Um, yeah. And which I was like of two minds about, but I agree. It's like so far I'm really liking it. And by so far, I mean one episode in but um, <laughs> two days later yeah <laughs> um but i mean part, a big part of it i think is that i really love this cast a lot 
Yes, it is an excellent cast. I mean, these are super fans, you know, and these are these are people like you and me, and there are people who watch the show, like the show, imagine how they're going to be on the show, what they would do, and we get to watch it firsthand, and I think it's awesome. I also think that this is probably the cast that has most mentioned you specifically before the game. <laughs> There's three different Good, people who have mentioned you, and it's like, Obviously, I love Todd and I remember Todd, but it's like, the, I mean, that just says to me that these people are like very much, very big fans of the game. I was completely flattered because, you know, in the past, there's a person here or there in random seasons that will mention me, but never three. So I was like, okay, all right, guys, thank you. I'm super <laughs> flattered here. You are the new Parvati. I think we're learning. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I mean, it was it was very flattering, to be honest with you. Of the three, that's Erica, Voce, and Evie. Who do you think uh, has uh, done you the greatest honor of <laughs> saying they're going to play like you? Okay, well, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was very skeptical, skeptical to be begin with. But I was like, okay, all three of you are really into this game. Now, Evie, I'm really impressed with because she is friendly, she is social, she is thinking about the game. Um, Voss, I mean, he he was thinking about the game. I love at the beginning when he was like, I don't want to do this, but I can't sit there and be like, no, I don't want to do this. It's like, because that sounds exactly like something I would say. I'm not going to lie. Because I would be like, I absolutely do not want to do this, but I can't tell my tribe that. Um, and then Erica, I feel like we didn't get to see tons of her yet, but I have positive vibes about her. Same. Yeah. Uh, Voce, especially, I was going into the season thinking he kind of uh, terrified me a little. I think the words serial killer came out of my mouth a lot when you were doing the cast <laughs> assessment. However, he turned out to be a lot of fun, I thought. And like, I think he was one of the funniest people on the cast in this um, premiere. Yes, I agree. I mean, he's definitely going to be entertaining. Um, it's weird. I feel like he looks like that guy from Big Bang Theory. I don't know what you guys think. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. what's his name? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't watch the show, but I was like, "Who does he look like?" And then I was like, "Ah, Big Bang guy." <laughs> I, I do know exactly who you're, Jim Parsons. Uh, but oh, I or at least no, I think that's who Jim you're referring Parsons. to. Oh, the other one. <laughs> the oh, other one, Jared Galecki or something. Oh, oh, but with like out the glasses, I can yeah. totally see that with the eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but fortunately. Uh, we don't have the big, I mean, I, I don't know. We don't have the Big Bang Theory commercials. We do have young Sheldon commercials constantly. Um, he's not was, looking so young anymore, though. I, will I say. was enjoying those <laughs> ghost commercials. I'm thinking yeah. about watching ghosts, honestly. Honestly, they've been promoting it so so damn much that I'm like, I might as well give it a shot. We'll see, yeah. I'll see it's about it. Garbage or good. <laughs> That's just, yeah. Um, okay, well, like, why don't we start at the beginning of the episode and we'll just go through it uh, scene by scene. Yeah, that okay, works. Let's go. Okay, the marooning, I I thought it was good. It was a little long and a little scenery chewing. They were Jeff literally is like, you say something about good, good about Survivor. You say something good about Survivor. You say it's like we're already watching the show. <laughs> we don't need to be convinced to stay. <laughs> yeah, I I love though that I think what he got out of it was that two different people thanked him for changing their lives personally. I think that's what he was looking for. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so true. Here's the deal. 
is what you don't normally see is the marooning, like in China. Ours was four hours, okay? We were there. Jeff asked everybody tons of questions. We did that whole ceremony. It was a long thing. Oh, yeah. So you just saw more of what it is for pretty much everybody. <laughs> yeah, I've, I wonder if these like challenge based ones, because I don't I don't think in China they did like a challenge right then and there, did they? Oh, no. Well, I mean, we just walked up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of challenge I want to go into Survivor, you know, walk up these stairs. Um, but Get I your hands that... corrected by a monk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, this was a, I don't know. It, I feel like these ship maroonings are like kind of samey so far, but I did, I don't know. I liked that there was like these three different distinct stories going on with each tribe. It like instantly gave you a good sense of like their personalities. I thought. Oh, absolutely. I thought, I mean, I agree. It was a little bit long because it was like, wow, I, I didn't realize it was a two hour premiere. So I was like, are we going to like mm. see any more? <laughs> um, but then, so yeah, like the fact, you know, that, um, what is it? The yellow tribe was just stuck there. It made them look stupid. And the blue tribe was like, yeah, let's go. And they got in the water and didn't, you know, unhook. It was like, okay guys. Um, so yeah, it did give us a good idea of what they were doing or going to play. Like, I guess, unless they can really change that around it. I had a very um, brain versus brawn versus beauty feel to me. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I just feel like even, even though it was long, like it obviously, I think it works because it's to our episode, uh, but like, I just really feel like we got a good sense of like so many people, even like they were just like flashing confessionals of a bunch of different people all at once. And it, I felt like we got a really good sense of just already like who these people are. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree yeah. with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like like you were saying, Todd, we got these almost, um, I don't know if you watch Australian Survivor, but there's like a similar sort of like, uh, like mm -hmm. intro packages, I guess is what you would call them, where they like give these like more long form like introductions to players. I feel like they're kind of starting to draw from that in this premiere. Like we got like big moments for JD. I feel like Tiffany got one, um, which I, I like that. It feels more like we're actually getting to know these people. Well, and do you remember, like, in, like, early, early seasons, how they would, like, show their them at their job mm -hmm. and yeah. stuff like that? It made me feel like it was going back to, like, old school Survivor. Yeah, we learned, we, like, saw them doing stuff outside the game, like, whether that's, like, Voce at his job or, like, Tiffany and her husband or, and I really loved that they pulled so many pictures of uh jd as well when he was talking about his backstory like we just saw so many different moments of these people's lives that don't have to do with like the numbers yes exactly <laughs> uh but yeah so is there a th of the three tribes uh are, is there one that like really stands out that you're rooting for overall um i mean obviously ua is gonna stand out because of the fact that they they won that first challenge um but then <sighs> There, that's the problem is I think all three stood out for different reasons. Um, cause whether it's going to be like, we're going to be a, a beast in the game or, you know, we're going to be the one that, that you just cringe at while you're watching. <laughs> they so also cool. all had moments where they were like, uh, physically doing well, like, uh, the green tribe won the first challenge and then, or no, did yellow? Sorry, I, I no I green it. one. Okay, yeah, green one, green one, yeah. and then 
like then they almost won or yellow oh my god i'm getting so confused and then and green the, almost the won the immunity that. challenge and yes, then, yes. then blue came from behind so i guess yellow is really uh the ones <laughs> that are acting like chickens with their heads cut off which then makes i feel like the the fans come mid-season they're going to be those um, contestants are going to become the underdogs, which become the ones that people root for. Mm-hmm. I think you yeah, know, I like, oh yeah, they they were the ones that couldn't find their stick or their paddle at the very first challenge, and look at them now, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, even though there is no like goofy theme this time, I feel like it's hard as fans not to project like, okay, these are like the hustler, tri- these are the hero tribe, this is the white collar tribe, whatever, a brains uh, tribe, exactly, exactly. yeah. And so, I, yeah, I think, like you said, each one has their own little distinct uh, personalities. Uh, but so far, I'm I'm loving Yellow as the underdogs. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a, like a least favorite yet. Then again, I mean, so everybody always asks me like, who are my preseason prediction winners? And I'm like, listen, I'm the kind of guy that has to watch like the first two episodes before I like to make judgments about what these people are going to play like, mm-hmm. because. I mean, I enjoyed Sarah, and I mean, I don't get to enjoy that anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I I feel bad. Like I, preseason, I was like, this girl seems boring, and I feel bad about saying that. But like, I over the course of the two hours, I like really loved her, and like was so I was became so emotionally invested in her, and it, I'm sad to see her go. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. So same, is, you know. And that beautiful green dress, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, right. I mean, so, and I'm also, like, <laughs> I'm also a Teen Wolf fan. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> she looks just like Holland Rodin. Yeah, Holland I see that. Rodin. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Todd, I don't I know if you saw this her. today, but uh, they're going to do a Teen Wolf reboot movie. Or not reboot. They're, like, the getting the old cast together uh, for a new movie. Okay. As long as Dylan O'Brien is back, I'm on board. <laughs> I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so we get to the earning they finish it up i get what ha- the blue tri- one of the tribes i think the blue tribe didn't unhook their they had like yeah. two hooks and they were like dragging yeah. the uh Jeff literally says it's as if they are anchored in spot i think i feel like he knew what was going on and just was like really trying hard to like hint to them mm-hmm. to like f- unhook um but they took it in good humor i don't know they're all kind of laughing about it yeah, I mean, at least they all got in the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. something. I was well, getting so worried point... when they were throwing the paddles out into the water. Like, I was like, someone's going to get hit in the head. <laughs> I was thinking that they, someone needs to go and grab them because they're going to float away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, like, the paddles are, like, yellow at that point. I guess maybe that's what Tiffany was doing the whole time. Um, even though they all were mad at her for doing that, I feel like, I don't know. Like you said, you don't want to let the paddles float away. Because, I mean, what looks like, you know, 10 feet away, swimming there, that's exhausting. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm not a swimmer. Anyway. Um, no, neither am I. Okay, we get to the beaches, uh, and they've got this, like, water or triangles decision. I think that the tribes made the right decision. I don't think that anyone could do that triangle thing, like, on without like, somebody did it this week but they had to do a computer like use use a computer to do it so like it just doesn't seem like something that would be good or easy to do right um yeah 
Mm-hmm. So I would, I agree with you. I would be like, yeah, let's do the water thing, but I am not going to jump up and be like, I'll be <laughs> the one to carry the water because no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, like we said, Voce was like that person, but then he also just ended up doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love I mean, that. When you get assigned by your tribe, but you don't really have much of an option, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, either like piss everybody off on day one or just suck it up. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think the triangle one is like, I don't know. It's like, cause are they going to pull a trick question? Like, haha, the wooden planks are also a triangle. Like you don't know. And you only get the one guess. Um, so I think like they yeah. said, the guaranteed, like just do the freaking water thing. It'll be fine. Um, and they both ended up doing it. So. Yeah. I mean, if you've got, if you've got guys that are willing to, you know, exert themselves then why not exactly uh but like you todd i would be full sandra as long as it ain't me i'm not uh no that's absolutely not like no i'm i'm the kind of guy when i go grocery shopping i make sure i buy only enough that i can carry into my house in one trip <laughs> that's just common sense like <laughs> anything else is excessive I do the same, yeah. but I still have 10 to 12 bags, and it's just really uh, inconveniencing oh, yeah. myself. And it, you know, your arms are full, and they, like, weigh down, but you only made one trip, so you did it right. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> we get great, um, I mean, I, I, it's, I think in the first, like, 15 minutes of the episode, all three that we know of, queer contestants, are like, I'm gay, I'm queer, like, this is, I have a wife, I have a husband, uh, and I, all of the backstories were really good, especially with, you know, the people who are closest to our heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah, that no, we got... I thought it was awesome. I mean, three in one season instead of just one token gay, you know? <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah. Good job, Survivor. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, gone are the days of like zero <laughs> gay people on a season. Yes. Um, yeah, I love that uh, Jeannie. I love Jeannie so much. Uh, Ricard, I think, is a great sort of... I, I feel like he's like kind of a villain, I guess, to some people. But I thought he was really fun to just watch. I think he's good TV. Um, a lot of people uh, hate him, but not necessarily for anything he <laughs> did in the game. Yeah. Um, I think Ricard is going to be an awesome villain, if you think about it. Like, he has the snake tattoo right there on his arm. Um, <laughs> and he seems kind of like he would be, uh, like, a sneaky gay. And so, <laughs> plus, he's a flight attendant. Hello. And I've said yeah. on my Facebook, I'm like, this is, like, the multiverse of Survivor, and it's the new gay flight attendant. So, like, <laughs> it's just destined to be. Todd, yeah. would you consider yourself a villain? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to put me as a hero or a villain, like j- those are the two options, mm-hmm. I'm a villain. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I just think, and I, I, I also saw, you know, there are very, there are similar, I mean, he just has, it's a similar way of like giving confessional or just, he's very like sneaky. He all, like his shady boots lying thing just uh, reminded me of uh, <laughs> certain things you said in confessional as well. Uh, <laughs> and I, I definitely see uh, the similarities. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really, really excited to see him evolve as the game goes. Because I do think that he's going to do well. Same. Yeah, I mean, he's already playing so well. I feel like um, the only person who wrote down his name was Jeannie. I just think poor Jeannie <laughs> was confused, which I love. Of course she was confused. It was like, 
when when he read the vote for Ricard, it was like, oh, I wonder who did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that scene uh, later on when uh, they're like trying to, someone's talking to Jeannie like, okay, so we're voting whoever. And she's like, oh, so not me. Okay, good. Like, just, that's, just, <laughs> that's where Jeannie's head is at. And I, I love, I love that for her. I loved Jeannie. Yeah. Uh, she's. I loved her backstory, like Derek was saying. She, uh, like, she had the thing with her mom, where she came out to her mom to say that she was getting engaged. Uh, very. I felt. I felt a kinship. Uh, my boyfriend just told like his grandma that he's gay because I'm coming to Thanksgiving, and all she, she was just like. I'm just happy one of my grandkids is finally in a relationship. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Aww. I love that. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so we do the whole intro stuff with the, the challenges. Um, and uh, let's see. So um, we get all the backstories. Uh, anything else exciting to any alliances, I guess, forming so far? I think, Ooh, like, I think we, yeah, Deshaun and Danny, I think, were the first that we get a, attention drawn to since they're the two that do the water for Blue Tribe, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the Yellow Tribe, we saw Evie and Liana get together, but on the Green Tribe, we just saw that Shan is in with everybody, loving mm-hmm. Shan. So yeah. glad she, I mean, she is so funny and just it seems like she's just like connected to every single person with, that she's with. And yes, I agree. She's in a, she's in a good spot right now. However, if she doesn't end up making a decision, she could be really screwed. Yeah, that's my fear. I mean, I'm loving Shan. I'm loving the villain. Like the self-made soundtrack is fantastic. That was my favorite oh, part of so the whole. Good. <laughs> like, so good. So um, good. Uh, yeah, but I'm like you said. I'm I'm scared that that person who like is has their fingers in everyone's pies. Eventually, like someone's gonna catch on to that and not be okay with it. Um, and I think it was interesting that she was willing to lose what like seemed like her number one. I feel like her and Sarah were like pretty tight, um, to lose that in the first episode seemed, uh, interesting or I'm scared for her, but I hope she can pull through. It seemed like to me, she was main, it was her main alliance was with JD. JD, Like she, she, she was like always looking out for him, trying to keep him safe. Uh, and you know, she got what she wanted. That's true. Yeah. No oh, one even voted for JD. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm. I would assume that you know some of the conversations that happened outside of Tribal Council have to do with you know strength at the beginning of Survivor. Everybody knows that you need some muscle. You need that at the beginning um, because there's a lot of physical challenges. And so getting rid of JD as much as a lot of people want it, it probably wouldn't be the smartest idea. Yeah. That's kind of what Brad was saying too, where he's just, well, before, after, before he said he <laughs> to Shan and Sarah that they should vote out Shan or Sarah, he said that <laughs> he would hate to lose JD due to challenge strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Brad, Brad feels of anyone in this cast the most like, uh, would be in like not out of place in the first seven seasons of the show. Oh my gosh, Brad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he is like the kind of person who would have been cast on like survivor Africa, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it is refreshing to see him there. I do. I do think he looks like a fun character. I mean, you know, like the goofy country guy. Um, but I feel like he's completely out of his element as far as any kind of social aspect goes. Like, He's screwed in that aspect. 
hundred percent. Yeah. He's like, it's very nice, but uh, I'm sure he'll make it far on being nice, but um, I don't see it for him at the end. (laughs) I mean, think about it. What would you do if you were standing there talking about what the plan was for tonight? And he was like, well, it's either you or you. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would find it hard to trust him going forward. Yeah, just uh, yeah. You would be wanting to find a way to get rid of him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting that he like only came up at tribal suddenly um, as an option. Otherwise, yeah, like we said, it seemed to be between JD and Sarah for the most part. But then ultimately, Sarah got was it unanimous? Well, almost unanimous, I think. Jeannie was yeah. Doing Jeannie her own voted thing. for <laughs> Ricard, uh, but everybody else voted for Sarah except for Sarah. Yeah. Right. That sounds right. Um, uh, but they, on the opposite side of the challenge strength thing, the yellow tribe has another has a separate conversation about challenge strength, and Evie says, "Well, I don't want keeping the tribe strong to turn into meaning get rid of all the women." Uh, yeah. And like there, she's more focused on like keeping the people who she thinks she can trust, uh, which comes to a head at the end of the episode as well against Abraham. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very genius because. Um, she knows that if they get rid of the weak ones right away, that she's eventually going to be the weak one. Yeah, Evie's not exactly Braun. I wouldn't necessarily have them on the cast of the Braun tribe. Yeah. Which is exactly why I kept, like, Courtney and Denise safe, because I was definitely no freaking beast, you know? (laughs) Like... I don't want to all of a sudden have the target on me because I'm considered the weak one. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about this. Like Evie, Liana, Tiffany is like, they seem to be like, Tiffany obviously was like big in that conversation about like weak, just because she's the oldest woman on the tribe. And that just is always where everyone goes. Um, so I think Evie is playing that in that way where she knows, okay, these are the people who can be my buffer where maybe if we start looking at challenge strength, I'm maybe, number two or three on the list rather than number one. Exactly. Exactly. And you also don't want to be miserable at camp. So like have, keeping someone around, like I would have loved to have gotten rid of Jean Robert. Um, we <laughs> kept him around for the muscle, but like he was, you know, not a fun person to be around at camp. So I understand why she's like, look, I'm, I'm out here playing a game. I like Tiffany. That's why I want to keep her. Makes sense. Yeah, I also, I don't think we really saw the connection between Evie and Xander or Voce or uh, third yellow man. Abraham. (laughs) Abraham, yeah. Uh, Like, we were not really led into uh, necessarily those pairs having a strong connection. But Liana's like, Evie's my best friend. Tiffany is very close with uh, Liana and Evie. So it seems like this is like the power of that tribe for now. Yes, Definitely. As it should. Yeah. And then Blue seems to be uh, like Nasir's just on the outs instantly, kind of. Poor guy. That poor guy. I mean, so when he saw the other two, you know, looking for the idol, the way he came back to express that to his tribe, I I blame solely on, you know, the fact that he is not um, from the United States and English isn't his first language. So he wasn't aware as to how to present himself socially correct Mm -hmm. because he could have 100% won that tribe over and gotten rid of those guys in a heartbeat. Mm 
if it was done the right way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough to do in the group setting, like where he's just like talking to all of them at the same time. And I feel like this is similar to what happened uh, on the oh, on the marooning, where Jeff is like talking to everybody about like asking one person to raise their hand to say that like they should change something about the show. But it's like now it's in the game, and he's speaking to like three people at once, and it's like. Uh, it's hard for any of them to say like no to him because they're all all in this communication uh, as opposed to if Nasir like were to like just present it one by one. Exactly. Well, and then he the way he came up and he's like, I know I said no strategy while they're gone, but we're going to talk strategy. It's like, no, you don't. You just screwed yourself. Yeah. And also, I don't know why you would ever say no strategy like ever. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. He, wouldn't, I don't know. It wouldn't be in my playbook, but I can understand someone being like, well, those guys have to like stay away from us for two or four hours. So like, let's give them a running a chance. But it's like, that'll never happen. Like, even if he was doing that, there's no way that like Erica and uh, Sydney. Sydney weren't like talking about <laughs> the game. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and then we get this, um, like, uh, essentially a prisoner's dilemma, as like several contestants point out. Uh, <laughs> when three people get to go on the boat, um, I thought it was interesting that there's like these three sort of different like decision making, uh, modes for each tribe as to like who gets to go. Um, I believe like so. Do Xander and Danny both volunteer, right? I think. Yeah, well, initially, they're, like, yeah. talking to Sydney about, like, if she wants to go. And then they're like, oh, she definitely doesn't want to go. Even though <laughs> she's like, sure, I'll go. But they're like, looking at her, and they're, she, they're deciding, no, she doesn't. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Xander's like, I'll go. And people are like, yeah, absolutely. And then on the Green Tribe, they draw rocks. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was fun. Todd, was there ever a was there ever a time in Survivor China where like you almost had to go to rocks or like were you ever thinking about that? I felt like you guys you guys were in control pretty much the whole time, so maybe that was never even necessarily something you had to think about. Oh man, so I thought about it quite a bit. Like I thought about you know the drawing rocks scenario, um, but but that was also the era where they were doing the fire building challenges. Um, so I was like, I 100% knew that I was not okay with going to a fire building challenge because yes, I can build fire, but th there were people on my tribe who were way faster at it. So it was like, okay, well, that's not okay. The, the rock drawing thing, I wouldn't be okay with going home by drawing a rock. But I think um, the best way I can relate it to would be in my season, we would do the kidnapping when we won a reward. Um, and nobody ever wanted to like admit that they wanted to go to the other tribe if we lost. Um, but I secretly really did want to go. I was like, <laughs> please let me go. I want to go see what it's like. However, looking back, I'm like, Todd, what were you thinking? Like, why in the world would you want to do that? Everybody would hate you. So everybody I mean, hates you and everybody out. who could vote you out are now spending a bunch of time without you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like fun. <laughs> why not? Yeah. I mean, so I understand why they did the rock drawing type thing for this, but I guarantee you in their minds, they were all like, ooh, I want to go. I want to go. Because why wouldn't you want to go? 
Yeah, I just feel like there's no you way know. in your mind you're not like, oh, if I if I'm the one who goes, I'll get a, an immunity idol. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, everybody who goes to play Survivor wants to think that they're going to be the greatest Survivor player of all time. So you want to go and you want to experience the whole of Survivor, and one of those things is finding the idol. Everybody wants to be the greatest Survivor player of all time, but not everyone can be Todd Herzog. <laughs> not it. Not anyone can be Todd Herzog, but me. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, you end up inside a giant statue of I don't know Rupert this time. Like that's the oh worst God. thing that happens if you go. Um, <laughs> so like, why not? Why not go out on the boat? Um, but so they, yeah. uh, like you said, they do this prisoner's dilemma thing, um, which I, I don't know, like. I feel like I would have been the Danny of like, I'm protecting my vote no matter what. Uh, what about you? What would your, are you risking or protecting? I would have risked. Mm. Mm. Like I'm, I would have, I would have uh, done the same kind of thing. Like if we're given an option, like, cause you know, that's what you are there for. Like, so before you go and see exactly what it is, I probably would have been like, okay guys, it's probably a scenario where we get to pick one of two things. So we should all, choose the thing with the without a punishment so that you know we're all safe but let's have this secret alliance and then obviously i would be the one to break that and <laughs> get the benefit and not have a secret alliance yeah i'm a complete coward and would definitely have chosen safety <laughs> yeah i'm like what sounds like the best game move absolutely risk your vote but what's what's something i a complete wimp would do i would absolutely protect my vote <laughs> Um, I mean, it is it is a super risky decision. So, because like, can you imagine going to your first tribal council and not having a vote? Obviously, I wouldn't tell anybody that I didn't have a vote. Like, ugh. yeah. Um, which is funny. They now have this little dice thing too. We haven't even talked about that yet, though. What is it? Shot in the dark or whatever, um, yeah. which gives you a sixteen point seven percent chance or whatever Voce was saying of being immune, um, and it's playable up until I think final six, something like that. Yeah, until there's six people left, it said. Um, right. and But it's at the risk of getting rid of your own vote. And I, I don't know if there's ever a scenario, unless you literally know you're going home, um, to do that. Yeah, honestly, if you know that you, it's either you or pick, like, risk risk your, your vote. Okay, sorry. Can't speak. So <laughs> if, if you know that you're going home, like you said, or you lose your vote, yeah, then you do it. But I don't know why else you would do it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's know. such a small percentage too. I, I feel like both of the both of these twists, uh, extra vote and shot in the dark, are like very underpowered, which I'm fine with. Like extra vote can only really do anything if you are like at a tie basically already, and that's such a specific scenario. And shot in the dark is such a small percentage of even taking effect, so it just seems. Uh, like it's going to take a lot of time out of the episode, but I don't think it's really something that you need to factor into hard strategically. Well, if you think about it like this, right? So there's five people on your tribe left and you have the extra vote, but you're the target that week and the, the vote is split. Mm -hmm. And you're like in the minority. You just force a tie. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So like, if it's a if it's if it, if it's like a two 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 situation, that would be helpful for sure. Yeah, like it, it, it it's something to think about. But I mean, other or or if there's a, an immunity idol in play and you know about it, I mean, 
there's a lot of scenarios where it could come in extremely useful. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so they do this, and we get the the Danny protects, and then Xander and uh, JD both do the risk. Um, and so yeah, they both get these extra votes. Yeah, and it's interesting that like everyone was fine with Danny protecting his vote. He explained himself well. Xander is like, I got this for us. Like this is our power that we can use going forward. JD tries to do the exact same thing or like explain what happened. He's trying to be trying to explain what's going on. Literally everyone, no way they believe, do not believe him at all. No, I mean, how old are you guys? Uh, twenty eight. I'm also twenty. Or no, I'm twenty seven. Okay, so you okay. I'm 36. This this new generation of children, basically. <laughs> um, I love them. I think they're hilarious and, and just wonderful. However, they are basically everything is like making a TikTok. And that's what it <laughs> sounded like was freaking JD was trying to make a TikTok to explain what was happening and be funny. And it, everybody was just like, what are you talking about? You're like, yeah. Yeah. The whole hair so, tangent, you know, I'm sure it was uh, very funny in his head. And I, I was laughing for sure. I mostly because everyone's faces were just going insane. Um, yeah. I would, I don't know. Like, so I used to manage a movie theater. And so, like, all of my employees were like, you know, 16 years old and they were all exactly like JD. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, Listen, put your phone away. Help the customer. Okay, do you know how to sweep? It was just one of those things where it's like, wh who raised you? You know, like I was I was born in like an era where my mom would be like, okay, go play in the mountains. And like, I would be gone all day in the freaking mountains as like a 10 year old. And so I just, you know, I would drink from the hose or the gutter. And moms now are like, oh no, it's gotta be filtered Fiji water. Like, come on. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah i think uh well for, what i'm getting from this is that you're definitely tapped for millennials versus gen z when that uh, comes up um, good lord i honestly i'm like an old man now i'm like i could be <laughs> some of these people's parents it's very weird so i mean <laughs> but yeah i mean i agree i do i get that energy from jd too he's, he's like very personal like hey guys like he's as if he's like talking to like you said like his tiktok mm. fans i think it makes he's good at giving confessional for sure i just think Clearly, it has, like, rubbed most of his tribe the wrong way. Um, even though he, like, I don't know. It's, like, he seems to be of these two worlds of, like, he has the social skills. He just maybe is not um, using them in the best way. I don't know. He's he just young. needs to realize who his audience is. Yeah. And his tribe is not his audience. Yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. that we missed a part of the scene where he was explaining what was happening. He said, then we got to the top of the mountain, like for part two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, kids. So they had this <laughs> challenge, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because literally every single... I've seen two people talk about it, but they Jeff... Ricard says, Jeff, like, I thought about it, and I should have spoken up before. Like, if you, since you specifically asked about it, yeah, like, we should stop saying, guys. Like, it's just more inclusive to not say it. And Jeff's like, I wanted to do that. Thank you for saying that. Like, I'll do, we're no longer going to say, come on in, guys. And it, I, I have a lot of problems with that, how this was handled, but the reaction has been just, like, overwhelmingly horrible to Ricard, which is terrible. But it's like, if Jeff wanted to stop saying it, 
he could have just stopped saying it. He's yeah. the executive producer. I completely agree with you. Like, for Ricard, to be honest with you, I had no idea what the reaction was. And I actually was messaging him and, uh, like, I joked about it. And I didn't realize that the world hated him currently. And so now I feel really guilty about it because, like, I don't dislike Ricard for doing that. At no, all. not at all. Yeah, I think he seems like a really cool, fun person. And I think it's it sucks that he's like the lightning rod for, like we said, this thing that Jeff brought up and Jeff wanted to do regardless. <laughs> so, regardless, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, dear. I just think that, like, it's it's terrible. It seems like it was something specifically to bait Evie into saying what Ricard yeah. <laughs> actually said, uh, and she didn't bite. And, like, there's a part in the marooning where Evie's like, no, I'm fine with it, and Jeff, like, moves on from what she's saying immediately. She, he's just like, okay, well, does anybody else want to say anything about it? I mean, uh, yeah. No, you're you're completely right, where it's, you know, I think he was hoping that maybe she would, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Ricard is also very, you know, has a trans husband who has carried their children. And it's like, you know, it takes a strong person to be so vocal and public about the personal life like that because mm-hmm. obviously there are people in this country and world that don't agree with that. But guess what? The fact that he's standing up and proud of who he is and who his husband is. I think is awesome. So I have no hard feelings towards Ricard about this. I have, I do agree. If Jeff wanted to change it, he probably should have just done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're a drag race watcher, but it's not like RuPaul came into the, on the workroom on the first day and was like, do you think we should stop saying gentlemen, start your engines or like, be, <laughs> or being like, I don't know. Like, should we change the terminology of this, that or the other thing? Like the terms have changed over the years with no mention of it on the greater TV. Like nobody talks about it. It's just like, this is what we're doing now instead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's just that Jeff does love that people are talking about it. Because <laughs> if you think about it, they did, they got, they're getting the reaction that they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted people to talk about the first episode and the fact that they're talking about such a stupid thing, but they're talking about it. They mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we get to the challenge itself, and it's, uh, I don't even remember, moving a ladder, going up and down stuff. Um, My thoughts based- on the challenge were that Blue won. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the puzzle seemed cute. That was a cute puzzle. New puzzle. End. Yeah, yes. I love that. <laughs> With 41 pieces, yeah. exactly. I liked that detail. That was um, That was really clever. Yes. Um, but so yeah, blue pulls it out in the end. Um, I think was it green was in the lead, but then they forgot a puzzle piece. Sarah got herself in trouble. Apparently. Yeah. Um, the bag still had like one or two pieces. Yeah. Um, and it was not thrown down off of uh, a table, like a certain other, uh, puzzle doer that we may know. Um, it was not intentional. Oh as far as we know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Blue is immune, and we get two eliminations this episode, which I wasn't expecting really, but it makes a lot of sense. Right. I wasn't expecting it either, but I also won't complain. Yeah, I mean, I think we got two good tribals out of it. Um, 
And I mean, we're, I don't know. It's an exposited game. It makes sense that they want to like give him a scare at the very beginning and be like, see, like two of you could go home on day three at any time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's also, I mean, because throughout the episode, we obviously had no idea what was the specific plan. But I was like, I mean, we could be getting a two-hour episode that's just one person getting eliminated. And we see these people uh, for so long before one person is gone. But, like, this is a great alternative to that. And like you said, great, exciting tribals. And we got, I mean, I love the part of the episode where it's, like, post-challenge, pre-tribal scrambling. And, like, we got two separate ones of those. I felt like the narrative was super clear on both. And, like, it was just really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I yeah. agree. And it's, mm-hmm. I, it would have been bad if they had, like, sent both tribes to the same tribal like they've done before. Uh, this was, like, the perfect way to handle it. Absolutely. Um so yeah, on yellow, we get this, uh, it seems to be between Abraham and Tiffany. Um, but I mean, just based on how the votes go, I feel like it was always going to be Abraham. Uh, they were just kind of pulling the wool over his eyes. Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> you don't, you, you sit at tribal council for a couple hours, you're asked a million questions. Um, the only time that a vote really changes is when you see all of the people panic and get up and start talking to each other. But other than that, you just like feed Jeff what he wants to hear because <laughs> you just want to get rid of someone, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, I, like, it seemed like Voce for like one second was like, maybe we should think about getting Tiffany. And Evie was like, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I had it wrapped up for Tiffany. Yes. Legend. Yeah, I love Tiffany. Um, that was a fun little conversation between the two of them. Um, Tiffany, like, standing up for herself. I, I like her a lot. She's, I think, I came out of this episode, like, really loving Tiffany. Yeah, I, do, I, I agree. And mm-hmm. I, like, we I did, we've, we've gotten so many confessionals leading into a tribal council where the person's like, I'm confident. I'm not going home. I'm, like, the most powerful person in this game. And then, obviously, they go out. But Tiffany's confessional is like, I don't want to be overconfident. I'm just trying to be calm and, like, agreeable and social and just, like, keep, like, hoping people will keep me around. Uh, and I, I really love that from her. Yes. Um, I, I think that this season, like, truly is doing a great job at making people on the show someone that anyone in America can relate to like uh, what I mean is like you can pick out someone on there and be like, I am just like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of it being a whole bunch of freaking muscle meatheads, that (laughs) you know, two people Mm -hmm. can relate to a big brother. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've loved Tiffany from uh, when I first heard her interviews. Like I just like whenever she speaks, like I just smile. Like I don't know what it is about her. She just seems great. Uh, and so I'm thrilled that she was not the first person who went home. I would have felt really bad. Yes. Um, and then, but we, like we said before, I felt bad that we lost Sarah. Uh, she ended up being a really fun character, I think. And she seemed like a good player. I just feel like maybe she was not as well connected with the other people as it may have appeared at first. She seemed yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think her downfall was the, the being so emotional. Like, yeah. I understand, you know, it is it is an emotional thing. However, if you can't keep your shit together when you're the freaking target, yeah, I mean, then there is no hope. Yeah. yeah. My thing was, I mean, I feel like I was comparing her directly to Shan on the same tribe, and Shan is like, 
I mean, there's a lot of conversations, but I feel like I'm in every single conversation, like that sort of thing. Like Shan is like wheeling and dealing, deciding, talking to every person about what's going to happen. And then like during tribal, when everybody's getting up and talking and whispering, like five minutes before they're going to vote, Sarah's like, do you want me to give you space? Like you can, like I'll, I'll let you guys talk it out or whatever. It's like, you need, these are the people who are like going to vote you out. You need to like talk to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, step it, step it up. Don't be afraid. Like this is your one chance. You know, you you, you don't know if you're ever going to go play again. So why go out onto the show and say like I'm playing so that I can come back? That's not the goal of Survivor. You play to win. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and I feel like she easily could have like worked with like all the, like. There's a lot of younger people on this tribe, um, so I feel like she easily could have worked that angle and like formed that connection more with like JD and Sean, Shan. I think that would have been a good like little trio, but like you said, she just was content to let them be their own little duo by themselves. Well, it's also tough because you know. Ricard wanted, I mean, JD, Ricard, well, like she, she and Ricard both didn't really feel like they wanted to work with JD. They said stuff like that throughout the episode. So it's like hard to see where exactly she was going to go. But in a tribe of six people, you like it, I, you got to find <laughs> four. Mm -hmm. uh, so she can't, yeah. I don't think that they can really write off JD like like off the bat like that but I, I agree like I really liked her uh I would have loved for her to stick around um and and she's like she had a funny confessional where she was like doing an impression of Brad talking about <laughs> taking her out uh so it was good uh but it's I'm not like mortified that she's gone for sure yeah yeah, so we've we've lost our two, um, and yeah, like I thought this was a really great premiere, and I'm really excited for this season. I am so excited for this season. I think it's, I mean, it, the only people who aren't excited for this season are basically, you know, what I'm talking. I'm talking about like former players who are criticizing it on their like social media and whatnot. If you're going to go ahead and criticize it, it's because you're probably jealous that you're now irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for all we know, they may be done drawing from people pre-40 for returnees, so I don't know. Exactly. Um. Like, so I'm just like I've always been, still a super fan, mm -hmm. still going to enjoy a season when it actually is good. And, <laughs> you know, just... yeah. I've There's seen from, well. I've seen <laughs> other super fans being like, "This is like this episode was terrible." Blah blah blah. Like, I can't believe they've done this. My favorite show, but like, I just can't. Like, I just feel like if you went in with like reasonable expectations about what an episode of Survivor is gonna be like in 2021, like this was like the this was the best. This was really really good. Mm -hmm. Well, and those super fans again. You know, if you think about it, wait, are you like? angry at the season or are you just jealous that you weren't cast <laughs> exactly um you know i'm just you know i know i would not do super well on the show so i'm content to watch it and you know root for my favorites see and that's the way it should be it's an entertainment <laughs> like it's all for fun and you know any super fan out there that says that they want to go play i am a hundred percent supportive and in saying like, then do it. If I, of all people can do it, anybody can do it. I'm a freaking indoor dog, but I'm a giant survivor fan, you know? Mm -hmm. So if, if you want to do it, then get out there and do it. But 
try not to be too harsh on people at the same time, because in all reality, you know, we're all people. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we wish we didn't. And so I try really hard to remember that when I'm watching Survivor or Big Brother or whatever mm-hmm. and say, like, this is a person in a stressful situation and they are not necessarily themselves and they're panicking and it's all being caught on camera and that sucks for them. But that doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Right. And, you know, if you do think they're a bad person, there's no, you know, there's no reason to tweet at them and say, tell them that. You could just think yes. it to yourself or say it out into an empty room and that's okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like Ricard. He is a good man with a good family and he did not mean to ruin people's survivor dreams. Of, Come <laughs> on in, guys. He was just saying how he felt, you know? Exactly. And he has amazing hair. Yes, he does. Just think if Nasir had had to learn English from modern Survivor, he would never have learned the word guys. It's like, what are we really complaining about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, uh, does that about wrap us up for um, our season 41, episode one? Yeah, I think so. Todd, do you have any final thoughts? I know you said you don't make bold predictions until episode two, but since you're here for episode one, do you have like a winner pick or people, someone you're looking at specifically who you think will go all the way? Oh my goodness. Okay. So based on the way that people are being edited, um, I can definitely see Shan getting screwed because she has to make a choice at some point. I can see Ricard going far. Um, I can see uh, Xavier. um, He's winning big brother 23 for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, no, Xander is what I meant. Xander, sorry. Mm-hmm. I can see Xander <laughs> trusting someone and because he's got like that good Christian boy vibe, I can see him being like, okay, yeah, bro, yeah, and then being completely screwed. Um, <laughs> I've seen a different JD, film like that. Oh my gosh, oh. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> little JD will not, will not last for too terribly long eight at the at the highest is my opinion um yeah and then i feel like um freak what's her face the the woman that we love um, tiffany no not tiffany evie um no not evie <laughs> what? Well, I, we love every woman yeah how dare you then, suggest otherwise i'm talking about like um her wife she has her wife what was oh, Jeannie. Oh, Jeannie. Jeannie machine yes 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 she is like your very, very typical fourth place. <laughs> yeah, I could see it for her. And I would not be upset to live in a world where I get 13 full episodes of Genie. <laughs> Me Amen. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. Those are my predictions for this season. Um, I feel like it's going to be good. I feel like... Um, just like any season, like when I went into China, it was about day 12 that you really, truly feel comfortable. But that's also when like the super hunger kicks in. And that's when you start seeing true colors. So I feel like that's when we're going to start seeing people being really, really sneaky and really grumpy and all of that good stuff. I can't wait. Mark it down. Day 12. Watch yep. out for it. <laughs> um, Todd, w- will you just tell our listeners where you can, like, uh, where they can find you? You do so many amazing things on your Instagrams, and uh, I would love to get the word out more about it if people don't know what you're up to. Oh yeah, um, so I, 
I started a little business where I create and make custom Funko Pops, um, which Ooh. is very odd. They are basically like bobbleheads, but they don't bobble. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Todd's Pop Shop. You can email me at toddspopshop at gmail.com or Facebook, which is just Todd Herzog. And send me a picture of yourself or whoever you want, and I will make you a custom Funko Pop. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you can follow me at Tim Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. I have a different podcast, at Word on the Straits, STR8S on Instagram and Twitter, where we talk about straight culture, hetero people uh, every single week. Uh, having a great time. Oh, I was on Bojack Horse Pod last week as well, uh, which is a wonderful Bojack Horseman uh, recap podcast. Thanks. Uh, and you can find me at Rean Dierks on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my other podcast, Shadow Play Gaze, with our friend Christine, where we talk about uh, the anime Revolutionary Girl Utena from the 90s. Lots of lesbians on that show. If you want to listen to me talk about animated lesbians, go do that over at Shadow Play Gaze on Twitter. Um, but yeah. That wraps me up. Todd, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. It was really good to talk about Survivor, because, I mean, I talk about it with my husband, but he he enjoys it. He, he does enjoy Survivor, but he's not a diehard like you guys, so that was fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad we could be that outlet for you, um, and you're welcome back anytime if you, you know, need to vent to us about something. <laughs> Not even Survivor. Well, just yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Bye, Todd. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Have a wonderful night. Thanks, you too. What a coup. (laughs) Yeah, that's so awesome. Oh, yeah. We should have told people before we... Before he got off that we were going to talk about Edric, but we we, Todd, we can just this, do that at the top. Well, I mean, we can just keep going from here. I don't know what we want yeah, to do. Yeah, I'm fine with just going from here. Like, just like pick up if there's anything you really want to talk about in terms of Edric. Oh no, like yeah, I definitely will still want to do our Edric segment. Okay, uh, should have told people that's what was yeah, yeah. on in the back half here. Um, we can just, just put for, something in the post, or whatever. Sure. It doesn't matter. Let's just sure. go from here. Um, Love that. I'll let you lead the charge. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, we also do an edgic segment here on Bitter Jurors, uh, and we keep it to the end in case people don't like hearing about that stuff. Uh, and Todd asked to be removed from this conversation uh, uh, for a similar reason. Anyway, I felt like uh, there are a lot of clear contenders for the win so far in the premiere. A lot of clear will never, ever, possibly ever win this season. <laughs> Um, and I, 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 I'm really loving the group of people who I'm thinking are the contenders. Like, I think that Tiffany is in a great spot edgic wise. I think, uh, Evie is like, just like flooring me. And then like, I also like, probably if it was like on like, an edgic chart, it would be like, uh, Evie, Tiffany, Gap, Ricard. And those are my like three that I'm like looking at. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe Shan too, but like, I felt like there was too many things going on that i didn't think was yeah great. yeah shan for me is very much the very typical uh pre-merge maybe merge boot flame out like she's too <laughs> it's the sad story of you know a woman gets too much strategic content in the beginning that's usually not a good sign or at least this level of like i'm in control i'm running the first vote like that's very 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 rare uh for a woman winner on us survivor to get that so i think shan you know should be on 
like the watch list, but I think we've all seen this before. Yeah. Um, and yeah. On Chan specifically, like she had a, uh, a quote like Michelle does in the premiere where Michelle is like, I'm a bartender. I use my social skills to yada, blah, blah, blah. And, but, and Chan has a similar quote where she's like, I'm a pastor and this is how I'll use the skills that I've used as a pastor to like go forward in the game. But like, it felt like there was too much conflicting. Like it didn't seem like it would be, it's not like the winner's story for me, unfortunately, even though she's, she has other things where she's like, if I can, um, have control of this vote going forward like that that'll let me have greater control going forward in the game and then like she does get what she ultimately wants uh we don't specifically see her going after sarah though in the edit it's just like we know she was because she voted mm -hmm. for her but like so that it's i would love for shanda win and i'm obsessed with her and i hope she goes so far i just don't think it's in her episode so far no, yeah, I, it's, it's, but you know, if she won, I would, you know, literally scream and cry and be so happy. Um, but you know, I'm, like you said, I'm so equally excited about Evie and Tiffany. Um, and just the Yellow Tribe in general, I have really good feelings about. I think, you know, looking for the quote complex tribe is always like a big part of Edric. And I think Yellow is fitting that mold currently of the three of them. I, I think, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm like, I maybe forget what complex tribe means. It's been uh, two years since <laughs> it was clear Tony was going to win. Uh, didn't really think about the complexity anymore, but like, um, what was I going to say? Oh, just like, I feel, I, th I thought that it's like kind of hard to figure out which is the complex tribe until like more episodes have happened because like, I thought that like the complex tribe had like an ongoing storyline that like, carries mm. through the episode and then like i thought that the non-complex tribes have like incidental or episodic plot lines that it's we only get the information necessary to like understand what's going on on the episode i forget for sure i mean that's definitely and it's i think it's an evolving sort of thing i think just based on this though i would say yellow to me has the most going for it obviously if next episode they don't go to tribal and we get nothing then that's really bad um but I, and i feel like blue is the least complex 100%. so far um, like we just get the Danny Deshaun alliance on that tribe, and then all we uh, uh, everything else we get is just like oh Nasir is on the outs, like um, which is weird though because I feel like Erica actually had a pretty decent premiere. It just was like not enough to be winner material. She I think just like if you have to pick someone from Blue who's winning, I would pick Erica. Um, sure. Yeah. And like yeah yeah definitely like Yellow we saw where everyone was coming from. Um, maybe Xander the least. I can't really remember. No, I, f I can't remember if Xander uh, was like spoken to by Evie, kind of <laughs> everyone, what everyone was <laughs> dealing with. I can't remember. But um, yeah, I on green, she... like, as far, like to compare, like, Jeannie, we had no clue why she was voting for Ricard. Like, every, even, I know it's like tribal whispering and like confusion at tribal, but like, still, we like very unclear why people were doing what they were doing like where did the ricard saying to vote out brad thing come out? it was sort of out of nowhere yeah the brad thing is what really stands out to me about that is the fact that brad was like not even in discussion for getting voted out until tribal like that to me is very odd um and i just yeah i think it's even though i really like ricard's chances so far and this could change obviously um if like jd goes out really quickly but i think the whole like him being the big stump speech of like he wants jd out of everyone and then that just like doesn't go anywhere in this episode um 
just to me was like not a great look for Ricard, but I think obviously he's uh, on the green tribe. I think he is like one to watch out for. And I think it's, it's hard to say, you know, that JD didn't have a great episode cause he had the most confessionals. I think he had 11 um, and everyone else was in single digits. Um, it's just like, it's, it's a lot and a lot of contradictory stuff uh, with JD I mean, um, he's getting but, more of, like, a Nora edit, especially when mm. he's, like, t- retelling the tribe talk. Like, it's just, like, every it, they just don't put that sort of stuff in when you're a winner. Like, they don't put, like, everybody doubting what you're saying and, like, not trusting you. Like, it's just not done. Right. And I think what also is really working well for the Yellow Tribe is, like, we get are getting, like, a tribe story for them where it's this idea of, like, they started at rock bottom, I believe is the words Liana uses, which I think Liana... Like, is not out of contention. I think she's clearly the weakest of the three, for sure. I do think it's great that she's of them. She's the one who calls the shot on getting Abraham out, like, pretty early in the episode. She's like, I want Abraham gone. And that ends up happening. Um, But I think that she says, you know, we have rock bottom. We hit rock bottom, but we have nowhere to go but up. I think that is a good sign for this tribe in general of that could be their story as they start out the... um, and I think Tiffany like exemplifies that of anyone where she started out kind of being targeted for being weak or jumping off the boat too early. I think she could have that sort of arc of going from that to hitting. Yeah. To they, winning. They also did the David thing at the Yasa tribal council too, where Xander was like, well, this is not the David tribe. We're like better than that. And Jeff was like, well, the David tribe won. Uh, and like, that could be, cause like if that is what Leanna, Leanna saying, where she's like, we're at the bottom, but like, we will rise like that sort of thing on Leanna. I like, don't feel like we can really say she, like, I, I feel like she's out of contention for me anyway. Like it, it felt like she was the side character to both Tiffany and Evie, which is like fine, Absolutely, but it, we're yeah. not like really seeing her like based like doing like her thing but i loved her like the as a character like being uh in those scenes bouncing around with evie and uh tiffany but i it, i would say that for me she's not someone i'm would be looking at going forward for sure yeah i think yeah when you're like the sidekick to a person um i think that's not a good sign and clearly of the two evie's like leading the charge um which like you said i love that pair so much um, and I'm glad that they established this little like trio pretty like quickly. Like that's one of the first scenes on the yellow tribe is like Liana and Evie talking about how they're each other's like, they are close with each other. They want to get Tiffany in and they feel good about, I think Xander and Voce, they talk about that. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I feel like, like you said, I'm excited about the people that I think are going to do well. Yeah. And I would say that like, normally I would have Evie, like way higher than Tiffany, but like, I feel like they're pretty evenly in contention. Like Evie has a quote where she's like, if we can move forward, like as a unit after this, like we can go, that'll be great for later in the game. And then they all vote unanimously. And, but, and like Tiffany just says so many different things throughout the episode where I'm like, this is like a will. Like we get the personal content right up top. She talks mm-hmm. about being the previver to survivor. Like that's such an amazing winner quote. If that were to be what it is, she literally says, I have the gift of everybody loving me. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> it kind of, like, plays out that way in the episode, uh, other than Abraham, who they, like, get rid of. Yes, so exactly. So it seems like these are the, these are who, I, those are the top two for me. And then, oh, I mentioned Ricard before. And I just feel like, like, the guys thing specifically is something that, like, the, Jeff's whole thing this season is about 
the new era of Survivor and like changing Survivor and like we are restarting from something and we're like evolving. And like the guys thing is a pretty major interaction to have in an episode. So like it it would it could have just been added any regardless. But like when you're looking at it as like what Jeff is interested in and what the story they're telling is, it's like Ricard is like pushing the game forward or like adapting the game in some way. Uh, and that's just something that like I noted, but I don't I mean it's such a big thing that like I think that they would have put it in either way. Absolutely insane. And we talked about this before, but it's it's it would be cool if we're starting if we're starting over from number one, like Jeff said, if we get a gay man to win this new season one, um, and Ricard instead of Richard. Um, you know, I think that would be a cool, but I mean that's also like you can't really plan that out. That would just be yeah. cool on a meta level. Um but yeah, so I, I agree. I think we have the same sort of top three. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, poor Xander, not in the cards for you, but um, I think Genie can be eliminated pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Multiple times in the episode, which is like, I don't want to do this thing. And then that thing yeah. ends up happening. So it's, I mean, so it's just like not a great look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think this, uh, I'm just very excited. I feel like so far the editing, I mean, we have some like people who are getting a lot of screen time. I think so far it's pretty balanced though. Everyone got multiple confessionals. Uh, I think maybe Heather only got one, I, but I feel like everyone else got at least two, if not more confessionals in this two hour premiere. Um, and so I, I'm hoping that that trend continues and we do get a nice balanced season. Heather wanted to play like Tina Wesson and being the most invisible person in your premiere is not a bad way to start. The dog who didn't bark. She's back, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, all, oh yeah. And Tiffany's like, Tiffany talked about being an alternate and uh, like, mm-hmm. and, like that's the Tina Wesson story. Uh, and just like, I, I felt like her, like she talked, she just, she they do love to do that sort of stuff of like, um, like this winner almost didn't make like it, they make it seem like the stars aligned for this person. It's very reminds me a lot of in um, winners at war when Tony like didn't go home to the like it was almost like between Tony and Sandra for the idol play. Like it almost feels like that where it's like wow they like the winner was like kind of almost not in the season at all or whatever. Like they like to play up that sort of tension. Mm. Um, That's so I think that, like. To, like Oh, I mean, it's like David versus Goliath. Nick it, like almost goes home, and Chris, I think, as well, is like uh, potentially first boot. And then, I mean, she kind of has the same a similar story where she's like almost, I mean, not almost first boot, but like is the other person being talked about? Absolutely agreed. Um, so yeah, uh, in conclusion, congratulations, Tiffany Seely, on winning Survivor Forty One. <laughs> but yeah, so any other thoughts in general, Edic thoughts before we wrap up our first? episode of survivor 41 coverage um no like i i mean we got so much in the two hours to like base our thoughts off of and i thought that i mean i think that they're doing a great job like we said everybody could got a confessional uh and like i really do have like a sense of who these people are based off of like a two-hour episode which is like amazing something i could not say (laughs) prior to winners at war for a couple years absolutely um yeah i like I said, love this episode and I am excited for the rest. Um, thank you so much, Sam, for joining me once again. Um, let's do it, baby. 100%. When women win, we all win. Uh, and that's very true in Survivor. And in life, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you all for listening and we will see you all next week for episode two of Survivor 41. Bye. Bye.